thank the Lord Jesus, and it's with great anticipation that I look forward to this night's of service, trusting that somehow, in some way, that our Heavenly Father will smile his blessing to us. And every so often I get an opportunity to get in to have these services here in the, in the church with the group, you little group that uh, the members here of the church and the visitors, of course. And uh, this was not announced. It was just a regular Wednesday night prayer meeting, and I said maybe tonight we'd find out whether they're coming back. And I thought if we'd take it over and maybe announce it for the next week why it would uh, we can't see too many people here, and these type of services, if God willing, is not directed to the, uh, it's directed to the church for the benefit of the church, or we feel that it's so greatly needed at the time everywhere, is to, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And now this, in teaching, I've had healing services for eight years straight, and then teaching is supposed to be kind of something new. And I was thinking this afternoon when I opened the Bible after being very busy through the day, I thought, well, I told the people I teach on the seven church ages, maybe if the Lord's willing. I got to reading and just got that real happy when I started reading it. And I thought, well, I can take all that in one night, an hour. So I didn't know what the Holy Spirit would have us to do. We, we don't try to set anything. It's just, if it be thy will, Lord, that's the best. And then, if it be the will of the Lord, I'd like to teach tonight on the church ages and tomorrow night on the mark of the beast and the next night on the seal of God. And that... And then Saturday, as my brother janitor was just telling me today, he said if they had it Saturday night, Sunday morning, usually when the strangers come in to our midst, why the church should be very dirty and so forth. So they suggested just had Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and Sunday morning, Sunday night. And I said, well, that would be perfectly all right as far as I was concerned. So then. We'll try, if the Lord willing, have it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday morning, and Sunday night. And perhaps Sunday night we may have a baptismal service, as people have already been asking about being baptized. And so now, and we'll try every night to begin just on time at 7.30, and I get the platform by 8 o'clock. We ought to be evacuated from the tabernacle by 9 30, the Lord willing. So it's you, I know you work, and we have respect to that. And now, these little messages out of the book of Revelations are directed uh, to the church. And I wish everyone would bear this in mind, that they're not directed towards anybody's religion or any other motive, only just to my best of my knowledge, to the reading and explaining of the Word of God. 
thing. Uh, it's not put through any selfish motive, or it's not directed towards anybody, any individual, or anybody's church, anybody's religion. And the reason that I like to teach on this revelation here at the tabernacle, being my own church, why well, I just feel like I'm home, and, and I just, uh, you know, kind of give my sheep the kind of diet that I thought they needed, you know. Some people sometimes have to put a little salt in when the, the, the alfalfa is a little moldy, you know, it might hurt the sheep, if you don't. So once in a while, when maybe the alfalfa gets a little moldy around the church and a little difference has come up, so I think a little salt kind of is a savior, don't you think so? Amen. It kind of keeps them from uh, getting sick. So now we pray that, that God will bless us in these efforts. And how many, just feeling, just as men and women like we are, I would like to look into that tomorrow night on what is the mark of the beast. It's so much about in the Bible. Who has it? Who will have it? And then the next, is coming a time where that's going to be, and I don't know it, maybe now, we'll look and see, yeah, that there's going to be only two classes of people on the earth, and one's going to be marked with the devil and the other in the mark of God. And I think that if we're nearing into that time, we better kind of go to looking around and find out what that thing is, because it certainly isn't going to come in only as some great big something. Yeah, the Bible said it was slipping so easy that it would deceive the very elect if it was possible. So we'll try, if God willing, to look to it tomorrow night. Now that's just the best advice. Uh, bring your Bible along and your pencil and paper you want to take down scriptures. And if you just don't think that's just exactly right, write me a little note and put it on for the next time. I remember staying a year and six months in this book of Revelation and, and the tabernacles here. That's what I like in, in teaching. I just love teaching. Oh, my! Uh, I, I think it's wonderful. It gives the bases and settles the church in preaching. Now, there's some people that are preachers. They can pick up the word with inspiration and sway it out there in places. That's watering the seeds that the teacher has taught. <laughs> See? Now, you've got to put some seed in first and then water it. And the watering comes from the preaching of the Word. There's a great, vast difference between a teacher and a preacher. It's two different gifts of the Spirit, all together, two different gifts. And I humbly say this, but I haven't the gift of either. But mine, as of usual, is praying for the sake. That's what the Lord called me to do. And then. In this time, it gives a relaxation of my mind to study on something different, not having divine healing services, just just teaching the Word. And, oh, we get along pretty good here. We, I remember you put up with me for a long time, about 12 years around here on it. And I used to say, with not meaning it for a joke, but the teaching is so rough, I said, it's just like a fellow going to the table and eating the cornbread and beans. Now, it's good for you, but you get a little tired of it once in a while. You might have something on the side, some ice cream and cake once in a while, but it kind of balances up the diet. But the good old-fashioned stuff will stick with you pretty good, and at least it gives you some starters. Now, 
in this, it's to my humble belief that we are living in the closing days of the world's history. I want to make that real clear. Now, I could be wrong. I don't know. No one else knows. Jesus said not even the angels of heaven would know. He didn't know himself. He said that's only by the Father is the only one who knows. But it's sure and authentic that he is returning, and I just can't see anything else left but the coming of the Lord. When I look and see the nations broke, I see politics broke, I see the homes broke, I see the church broke, I, there's just nothing else to mend it but God, that's all. Because they had not nothing else, the morals of the nations broke. And the political parties are broken, for well, we trusted so much in our politics, they're broke. And some great fellow in England not long ago said, well, uh, democracy was, was all sails and no anchor. It said to come a time that to be on soapboxes lectionary, well, that's true, but he didn't think of his own beloved house of Lord's eye, it was a lot of sails and no anchor to it. Flew away also, and every kingdom of this world will be broke to pieces. Amen. Jesus Christ will rule and reign. Amen. So there's, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Amen. All around my soul gives way. He's all my hope and faith. On Christ the solid rock I stand, Thank all of the grounds of sinking sand. And Oh, how I wish now we start in for about a three-month teaching service so you can Amen. get to the book of Revelations and tie it in with Daniel, the great vision. How many is left in the little flock here that used to remember when they had the old chart across here? I know Brother Head was. On, we had several years when they had the old chart. Now the book of Revelations has made up, and Daniel ties in with it, Isaiah ties in with it, all the Old Testament ties in with it. And it's the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yes. The book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then in there there's seven churches, seven flags, seven seals, seven trumpets. Now a trumpet represents war. A seal, a mystery unfolding. And a flag is what follows every war. And by God's help and with the book of history, I can prove to you that we're living at the seventh trumpet for the seventh flag and the seventh seal to be opened and the seventh vial to be poured out. Amen. When the sixth one sounds, we'll get on that maybe the ceiling away on Friday night when the first world war, while the, that sixth trumpet sounded according, exactly according to the time God spoke of it, exactly geographically following the seal before that, and when the mystery was revealed in there for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and uh, and the people then, how the church did not move up, and those who were moving refused to walk in light and went back, and the flag was opened at that time and poured out upon the earth, which was influenza that killed all the people, as it did the thousands times thousands. And then coming down into this last age where we are here, and just come and listen to what the Lord has to say about in His Word. Now, that isn't my makeup. I'm just be reading it like a newspaper right out of the Word of God. 
Amen. So, this is his direct revelation to the church, to the church, the revelation of Jesus Christ to the church. Now, before we speak to him or speak of his writing, let us bow our heads and speak to him just a moment in a word of prayer. Our kind Heavenly Father, as we solemnly bow our heads to the dust whence we were taken and shall return some day, if thou despairing, we bow in humility to ask that you will be near us tonight to bless us. I can lay back the pages of this Bible, but there's no man that's able to open the book or to loose the seals thereof. And it's written in your, he that takes out of this shall be taken out of his part of the book of life, and who adds to it, the plagues of God will be poured out upon him. Father, realizing his mortal men and women sitting here tonight, knowing that we're an eternity-bound people, God may the Holy Spirit Spirit come, the writer of this Bible, and open up these pages to us. And may thy humble and profitable servant preach as a dying man to dying man, as if this would be the last service I'd ever had this side of eternity. The last night we'd ever gather together and make every one of the laity act tonight as if this was their last sermon they'd ever hear. God, take away all folly, make us sincere, knowing that we must answer at the judgment of God someday. And our attitude towards him and his word now will determine our eternal destination. So, Father, with trembling hearts, we come to thee and ask, let the Lord Jesus in the form of the Holy Spirit take the word of God tonight and give it to every heart as we have need. For we ask it in his name. Amen. <clears throat> it just may seem a little strange to me for a few moments now. I'm trying to start opening up a subject to teach because it's always been on divine healing for the last few years, and then, uh, then not on prophecy by no means, and then, and then go right into a prayer line. But now, tonight, we want to get the background of the book that we're asking God to open for us. That's the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. This book was wrote about 8096, according to the writers, and it was John the Beloved, and he had this vision on the Isle of Patmos, an isle in the Asian Sea about 15 miles or something around it in circumference, a real rocky place full of serpents and so forth, where the Roman uh, nation used it as an Alcatraz, as we would have it today, a place of exile of criminals that the government could not control. And this book was wrote by the last one of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, believed to be the Beloved that leaned on his bosom after the resurrection. And he said, What is it to thee if he tarries till I come? John died an old man. Every one of the martyrs sealed their testimony with their own blood. John, his destiny was met like this. 
He was caught and boiled in a vat of grease for twenty-four hours of hot boiling grease, and without any harm coming to him. And they put him on the aisle as commonly believed as a witch. He would bewitch the grease so it wouldn't burn him, they said. Of course, it was the power of God that you can't boil the Holy Spirit out of a man. So they tried to boil it out of him, but God wouldn't permit it. And he had a work for him to do, and until God was finished with his man, there's nothing in the world can buy him. Amen. Now, John being old, he, they were told by historians that he would brought to the, to the church to preach, and he was so old, the only thing he would say was, little children love one another. I tell you, that's a very good thing to preach on, little children love one another. As I get older in the ministry now, in my, about in my twenty-first year, I think all the time as I go along that this, the more I think of the Lord Jesus, the more I begin to find out that it's love that covers the whole thing. Amen. The love of God shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. Now, we'll just read a few verses here to be, get started, and then we'll go right into the teaching of the Church, and then try to bring it to a place of God willing in this much time that I have to get it over to where we can get in, to where we can pick up the mark of the beast for tomorrow night. Now this is to the church, and I'm going to try to get at least the church of Ephesus, the first church, and the last church that we're living in now, the church of the Lady Ocians. Now, the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which can shortly come to pass. And he sent his angel and signified, signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Now, the scripture gives us a start here. It is a revelation, or the word revelation means something that's revealed, the revelation of Jesus Christ given to John, and an angel was sent to bear record, or to signify it. And he bear record of the word of God, and of the testimony of Jesus Christ, and of the things which he saw. Blessed is he that readeth. How many would like to have a blessing? Amen. Then readeth. He that readeth, blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of the prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Amen. In other words, not the time at hand then, but the time is at hand when they see this word being completed, when the complete revelation, when God started off like an artist drawing a picture of something, he begins to fill in his parts, you can begin to see it shape up. And as you begin at the first of the book of Revelation, you see Jesus Christ begin coming to the picture, and at the last of it you see him complete seated with his church, glorified all the days of sin and trouble and temptations are over, and Christ is seated with his church in the great heavens above. All right, first verse, this is John to the churches. Now, this is John speaking. First was God introducing the revelation of Jesus Christ. Second John. 
to the churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before God. Oh, we just had a blackboard here now to get the drawing a little. See? The seven spirits which are before God. Now to save a little time and believing and I knowing that I wouldn't misquote anything for nothing in the world. And if you get a little doubt about it, jot it down and then ask me and I'll give you the scripture for it. And now as we have to hurry to get into this depressed for time. Now the seven spirits that are before God, these seven spirits was represented as the seven uh, spirits that would be sent forth for the seven church ages, seven spirits before God. We could pick up in the Old Testament and pick it out there if we just had time. And from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth and to him that loved us and washed us. I just look at John get all wound up there when he, he just goes to speaking. He said to him that loves us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And has made us kings and priests unto God his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. He has made us priests and kings unto God. Us is plural. Not made me priest and uh, king, but made us, the church. Now he's addressing these seven churches for seven church ages. Now he said, Dominion and glory and be to him forever and ever. Has made a priest. Did you ever know what a priest is, what his office is? A priest is to make sacrifice, to make intercession. And over in Hebrews, it said that we, the church, as a royal priesthood, a royal Amen. priesthood, a holy nation, Amen. a peculiar people, see? A holy nation, peculiar people, royal priesthood, offering, here it is now, offering spiritual sacrifice. Amen. Every man and woman that comes to God enters into the veil in the Old Testament. There was only it is a veil that hung between the holy place and the holiest of holies. Only Aaron alone was to go in there once a year. But every man that became a priest could have a bite or taste of the original manna that Moses and Aaron picked up the first day the manna began to fall from heaven. When they crossed the river of Jordan, the enemies were killed behind them, and the next day they went out and all over the ground laid little wafers. God rained it down out of heaven. They called it manna. Tasted like honey. And people were just supposed to pick up enough to last them for that one day. If they kept it over, it contaminated. And God told Moses and Aaron to go out and pick up several homerfuls of it, great baskets, and take it into the, the ark, the holy place. And there, that every time after that generation, that every generation following that one, as long as that Levitical priesthood would last, I suppose, that every man that was eligible to become a priest when he was ordained a priest, 
He has a perfect right to receive a mouthful of the original manna. Amen. Think of it. What a privilege that the man thought they would have when a man knowing he was coming into the priesthood, he was going to get a, a mouthful of supernatural faith, supernatural turn up, supernatural food that came from God out of heaven that had been kept supernaturally. Amen. The whole ministry is the supernatural. How can people ever say that they're Christians and deny the supernatural? I don't know how to do it myself. Look, but a supernatural. He got a swallow of the supernatural as soon as he become a priest. What a beautiful type of man that every person, then days they had to be born in a certain lineage, a Levite, before they become a priest. But now it's whosoever will let him come. Amen. See? And as soon as they come, old famous, a birth is considered in it also. You must be born again. Amen. And every man or woman that's born again of the Spirit of God has a right for the this day, the man. This manna is the Holy Spirit. Amen. When Peter, after they'd come out of the great confusion and the cowardliness that got away from them, and the Lord was blessing them, and the Holy Spirit fell at the day of Pentecost, they went out into the streets and began screaming and acting like crazy people, for insomuch that the people all thought they were drunk. Amen. Say, I wonder what we're going to do about that. Every per even the religious world then thought those people were drunk. And listen, my Catholic friend, the Blessed Virgin Mary was with them. And if she couldn't get to heaven until she went up there and got a taste of something that made her act like a drunk woman, how are you going to get there anything less than that? Amen. But she received something, 120 with the women, Mary Magdalene and those, and went out into the streets acting like drunk people. Saturn to the real, if you'll pardon the expression, the sophisticated church of that day said, look at them. That shows what they are. They're all full of new wine. That's what it was. Now, listen, Peter said, then they begin to say, said, you men of Jerusalem, you that dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known in you and hearken to my words. These are not drunk. I'm talking about the Ephesian church here now. See? Yeah. All right, the first church age. He said, these are not drunk, as you suppose. This is the third hour of the day. The saloons are not even open. Uh, oh, this is the third hour of the day. He said, but this is that which is spoken of by the prophet Joel. It's written in your own Bible. In your own Bible, this is written, that this thing will take place. Well, I said, you all should know this, you teachers. Well, could it be just as, as the church was brought in under that demonstration and the same demonstration promised for the last days? Can't you point back and say, this is what was spoken of? Amen. There you are. And an outside world doesn't know nothing about it. It's, it's foolishness to them. 
Now they said, he said, look here. And they said, now, when they heard this, he told them how that they had crucified Jesus. And every time you can get forgiveness for crucifying Jesus, you can get forgiveness for taking his name in vain. But who speaks against the Holy Ghost will never be forgiven in In this world or the world to come, we're in the last days. So be careful, walk humbly, have a contrite, broken spirit, a humble heart, willing to let the Holy Spirit lead you. Amen. 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 All right. Oh, my. Here we are. They're all up there against the people acting like they were cowards a few hours before it goes up in the upper room. But when the Holy Spirit come up on them and fill their hearts out into the streets, I don't imagine they were, they were now doing things that was wrong. They were out there rejoicing and praising God in such a way that there was a manifestation. They were just not out there fussing with one another now, whether they were Methodists or Baptists, they were, whether they were Pharisees or Sadducees, they were out there rejoicing because the dead got a taste Amen. in their soul. God had given them the spiritual manna. Now, as God poured out the manna there in the natural, and it lasted as long as they were in the journey. A beautiful type. In the day they entered the promised land, the manna ceased. And on the day of Pentecost, the same thing. Look at Pentecost to Moses. They looked back and they seen the enemy was dead. Miriam grabbed a tambourine, began to beat it and scream and dance and run down the bank. The women followed her doing the same thing. And Moses threw up his hands and sang in the Spirit. Amen. At Pentecost, the women come out staggering and jumping and dancing and carrying on. Peter stood up in the midst of them and said, You men of Judea and you that dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and hearken to my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, seeing it's the third hour of the day. This is that which is spoken of by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass the last day, saith God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy upon my handmaids and maidservants, I'll pour out of my spirit. And they shall prophesy, and I'll show wonders in the heavens above and in the earth below, pillars of fire and vapor and smoke. This shall come to pass before the great and terrible day of the Lord shall come, and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. On and on he went preaching. And when they heard this, they listened and said, Look at that fellow. Where did he get this education? Some of them said he can't even write his own name. The Bible said he was an idiot, an unlearned man. What school is he from? None. Well, how does this ever come about? How did this ever happen? Amen. They told me, he said, well, say, that man's really quoting Scripture, and we never heard it like that before. See? He said, repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. For the promise isn't to you, your children, to them that fall off, and as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. In other words, this manna blessing, that falling year, like it did the manna back there, is going to be for this generation, the next generation, the next generation, the Jefferson of Indiana, and to the utmost parts of the world. Amen. And the Amen. same Holy Spirit that fell then falls now. Amen. Same result. Amen. Same thing. Same people. Hallelujah. You know what I mean? Amen. Just perfect. Notice. 
I'll give unto him. He that overcomes, I'll give him the bread of life. He said that was to one of the churches. And he'll not thirst no more. Neither shall he hunger no more. He'll never thirst no more. If a man ever wants, here it is, get the jacket tightened up tight. If a man or a woman ever truly wants to receive the Holy Spirit, you'll never be able to move him no more. Hallelujah. He knows where he's at. You may come with isms and everything. He'll walk right straight. Amen. He'll never thirst no more. He knows just exactly who his maker is. Amen. Never be confused. Don't bother him. Amen. He moves right on. I will give to him all the bread of life. And he'll never hunger no more, and neither will he thirst anymore. And the tree which is in the midst of the paradise of God, he'll eat from. The tree, which the tree was Christ Jesus. And Christ Jesus being dead, he come back in the form of the Holy Spirit. And the man that's eaten in the church. Notice, behold, the sixth verse. And he has made us priests and kings unto God, spiritual priesthood, royal nation, spiritual offering. What is it now? Spiritual sacrifices. That is, quote the scripture, that is the fruit of our lips giving praise to his name. Of what kind of a what? A spiritual sacrifice. Now, now I might as well get started right here. Notice a good place to start from. When a little confusion comes in the church, you don't run over one side of now. Yeah, you sure ain't a priest. You pray through. Spiritual sacrifice. The fruits of our lips giving praise to his name. You know what I mean? Well, you say, I just don't feel like going to church. But you're a priest. It's your duty. You've got to be there. Well, I just don't feel like taking a part in the service. You're a priest. Making a sacrifice. A spiritual sacrifice. Not giving somebody some hand-me-downs, as they call it today. That's all good. I have nothing against it. Not going to get somebody to come to church. That's all good. I have nothing against it. But it's you. You making the spiritual sacrifice. The fruits of your lips giving praise to his name. When you see the time coming and everybody blaspheming and saying these things and doing things wrong, what do you do? Walk away? You're supposed to stand there with a spiritual sacrifice. Then the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. Makes me a new creature in Christ Jesus. You're crazy, fella. According to what you say, it's all right. But to me, it's the power of God unto salvation. Amen. I believe it. Now, I say you believe in divine healing. I don't believe really better after a pastor. What do you think about it? You're the priest now. You're the guy to say, yes, sir, I believe it. Because God's word says it so. You believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Yes, sir. How do you know I've received it? A spiritual blessing. The Holy Spirit that fell on the apostles. The same Holy Spirit falls now. Amen. You say just for the apostles. We'll settle that in a little while. 
Almighty God overshadowed the Virgin Mary and created a blood cell in her womb that brought forth the Son, Christ Jesus, and God condescended and lived in that body. God, Emmanuel, made flesh among us. Take away the sins of... When God made his first man, he made him in his own image, which was a spirit man. Genesis 1, 26. All right. Then there was no man to fill with soil. After done, made man, male and female. We'll get into that after almost seven stars, but just... But he made both male and female back there in the beginning. Now it's got in his own image, in God's spirit. And then Genesis 2, there was no man to fill the soil, so God cut him into flesh, made man not in his image, but out of the dust of the earth. Amen. That's right. Give him a hand like a monkey and a foot like a bear or whatever, I don't know. But he gave him five senses to contact his earthly home. Amen. And then that man sinned, and God came down and was made man Amen. to take away the sin of man. Amen. Amen. Redeeming. I am Alpha and Omega. I look at him over here in Revelation, the fourth chapter, when John turned to see this voice again, what was speaking to him. He was sitting upon a throne, and a rainbow was over his head. And the rainbow has got seven perfect colors. And these seven perfect color, colors represented the seven church ages. That's right again. And what was it? Here it is. Brother, this is fresh. Look. Seven perfect colors, seven, and a rainbow represents the covenant. Amen. God gave Noah the rainbow first as a covenant. Amen. And those elements are still in the earth as God promised before him. When it rains, he sees the bow. He said, I'll never destroy it with water no more. And then he looked upon Jesus as seven rainbow colors above him. He was in this which was God's covenant. And he was standing in the seven golden candlesticks. And he was looked upon as Jasper and Sardis stone. Jasper was Reuben and Sardis stone was Benjamin. That was the first and the last of the patriarchs. That Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the ending. And the seven rainbow colors, seven church ages, the covenant with him in the seven golden candlesticks of the seven stars. Oh, what a picture. We'll get to it after a while, maybe the Lord willing. All right, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. Say the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. Amen. Amen. Who is he? What's this a revelation of? Jesus Christ. And here he's not a prophet. Here he is the Almighty. God manifested the Alpha, Omega. I'm from A to Z. I'm he that was, which is, and shall come. I am the Almighty. Amen. Pretty clear, isn't it? Amen. No chance of controversy there. Lord, which was, which is, and shall come, the Almighty. Amen. Now, John speaks. Listen. I, John, who also am your brother in compassion and tribulation and in the kingdom and the patience of Jesus Christ, was in the Isle called Patmos, for the Word of God. Say, could you imagine a man being put in a place like that for the Word of God? Amen. Yes, for the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. He was exiled out there for preaching the Word to a religious people. Amen. That's what the Word says, isn't it? He was out there for preaching. Exile, excommunicated. 
from the church, from society, from all the world. Amen. But he wasn't excommunicated from the one who loved him and washed him in his own blood. He was with his presence. In the hour called Patmos, for the word of God's sake, I wonder how many preachers today would go. Get down to England, do a little something, a little something, get upset. We get so disturbed about it, and here this man had been born in Greece for 24 hours and stood out on the hour of Patmos, and the Lord was still with him. Amen. I just like that old song he used to sing, If Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. Amen. We sing it, but I wonder if we really mean it. <laughs> From my honest opinion, it won't be too long when you're going to be given a chance to prove it. <laughs> so you better be really sure. Check up, take inventory, see if everything's just right. Now, just how uh, just got him. getting started here now. John answers, and he said he was in the hour of Patmos for the word of God and testimony. I was in the spirit. I like that. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Speaking of another day now to my Advent friends, which we're sure to get into it after a while, all right? In the Spirit on the Lord's day. Got in the Spirit. And I heard behind me a great voice of a trumpet. Let's not leave these symbols now. We're basing up now so we know what we're talking about when we go here. See what we're going to speak about. Who is this? What is this fellow? What's the revelation of Jesus Christ? Who is he anyhow? How did he come? What does it mean to me? See if it means anything to you, see. See what it takes place to me. Notice, I was in the Spirit. No matter how saintly you are, how godly you are, how much of a minister or lay member or whatever you are, you'll never be able to get anywhere with God till you get in the Spirit. Amen. I don't mean getting emotion. I mean getting the spirit. Amen. You get the motion, do anything. But when you get in the spirit, you see things. Amen. That's right. I can imagine all the lives of the old prophets down there that day when when Ahab's son damaged, made an alliance with some unbelievers, and, and Jehoshaphat had joined in with them, and he went out to desert for seven days and didn't touch any compass for just seven days, and that takes care of them for seven days. Didn't consult the Lord, just went on out anyhow. Isn't that just like people? Yes. Oh, I'll tell you, if that's a better job, I just quit this church and go to that one. I better consult the Lord about that. Yes. Find out what it is. Right. Went out there and found out they got in trouble. The water supply got cut off. That's what's the matter of the church is today. Going around doing a lot of things you don't consult the Lord about, the supply is getting cut off. <laughs> you wonder why you're not getting the blessings you used to get the power of God working among you. Maybe the supply line's been cut. Amen. You know, when you get out water, I get into a desert sometime out there in Arizona, and I notice that every little old bush on that desert is harmful. It'll stick you. Every time you get against it, it'll stick you because it doesn't have enough water to take care of it. Stickers come out. For the thing. You come back up here or up in Oregon or somewhere where it rains all the time, and every one of them same kind of bushes has got a sticker on. See, the water keeps them soft. And that's what's the matter the church. When you get all dried up and shackled up and everything, you get so cold and calm and indifferent, and you don't get any spiritual blessing, then your heart gets all filled up and 
full of indignation and wrath and everybody, why did he with him? Why did he with her? I put the church. Just a bunch of stickers living in the desert. What you need from good old fashioned Holy Spirit water rain down upon you. Soften up that old part of Amen. I'm I'm not trying to clown, I'm trying to get this to you. Brother, you're going to find out if you take the mark of the beast where you're going to be standing. And you're absolutely helpless and hopeless when you do it. There's no remission for it. You can never get out of it. Right. You can do it by the wink of your eye, nearly. See? So be careful. Now, here it is. Well, get under him. Notice the desert. I said the, the waters, how that the waters kept them soft. That's what we do today. Get in the Spirit. John said, I was in the Spirit. When Elijah out on the desert, they come down to Austin said, let's go down and consult the prophet. They went out in front of the prophet. Well, now he got up his righteous indignation. He looks over to that fellow, and he said, Why don't you go to your mother's God? Why don't you go back to your own old full formal church? What'd you come to me for when you got in trouble? That wasn't a very good thing to say. But that's just so much words that meant that. Why'd you come down to me? Why don't you go to your mother's God? You all had those big fine churches and all those fine fed priests and so forth back there. Well, I'm not going to stand about it. Why'd you come down here to me? Wow, he kind of got all stuffed up, sure enough, didn't he? He said, it wasn't I respecting the presence of that godly man, Jehoshaphat, I didn't even look at you. Oh, my. What a condition that prophet got into. Now he's all in that kind of picture and said, well, bring me a minstrel. <laughs> Some people don't believe in music in the church. But he said, bring me a minstrel. And when the minstrel began to play some good old hymn, near my prophecy, whatever you want to call it, I don't know. When the minstrel began to pray, the Spirit of God got on the prophet. And when the Spirit got on him, he got in the vision. He began to see things. You have to get the Spirit of God. And you say, I can't understand how people can say amen. Get the Spirit one. Amen. How can you see? I understand it's a baseball game and beat one another back and holler and pull the hats down and down. Seems like crazy to me. Well, you say, you're not a very good baseball team. I miss about as much. How about you as a Christian? <laughs> All right. That's right. You've got to get into the spirit of it. Yeah. That's the way it is when you used to go to dancing. I don't need you to go now. Surely not. But if you, you used to go, then have to play up the hoop-up music and beat the bands and beat the drums and do every kind of thing there was about it and the women ride there half-naked and everything else to dance on the floors and they get to the Spirit to dance. Well... That's right. You get in the spirit of it. It's the spirit of the devil. Glad you said amen because it's the truth. I prove it for the Bible. Amen. All right. Say, well, I don't believe it, brother. Well, it ain't what you say. What I think It's what God's Word says. That's what said it. That's the final word. Yes, sir. He said if you love the world, things of the world, God's not even in you. Amen. And you remember that little woman caught her daughter to tap dance and things like that and went down there and danced before the king and required the head of John the Baptist? Seventy of her children died as prostitutes on Galilee. You see what it was like that? Moses' mother stayed home and kept him and taught him the word of the Lord and see what happened to him. And his, through him come out Abraham and so forth and on down. All right, this depends on what you want to do. You're your free moral agent. You act on whatever you desire to act upon. Right? 
God has put before man like the Garden of Eden, the tree of life and the tree of death. You make your choice. Amen. See? Whatever your soul is charmed for, that's what you'll eat. Notice. Now, and they were, I want to read this again now. He was in the Spirit. The Spirit come up on him. He began to see things. I was, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard. I got in the Spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a great voice of a trumpet. Trumpet. Trumpet is an announcement. Gabriel, at the coming of the Lord, shall sound the trumpet of God. Yes. This is God's trumpet blowing. Yes. In other words, he's fixing to announce the eternal destination of the world. A trumpet. What is it? Get ready. I'm going to give you the revelation of Jesus Christ to give you this. I'll speak to you what will be the destination of the world for those who receive and those who reject. A trumpet of God, a pitcher. Every man with a trumpet blows, he grabs his sword and stands to a place. Attention, the trumpet. Paul says the trumpet gives the uncertain sound. Who shall prepare for war? That's the way it is today. Oh, brother! Now look around and see all these whole formal different churches and things like that, having a form of godliness and a mind of power there. How can a man prepare himself? Give it an uncertain sound. Say, well, now, I'll join the churches. I'll go and try the Methodist, the Baptist, or the Lutheran, or the Pentecostal. I'll do something. I'll make some kind of move. Oh, that's not it. Amen. Except the man be born again. Whether he's Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal, or whatever he is. You've got to be born again. Amen. You'll not enter the kingdom. Amen. Look. Voice of the trumpet, stand in me on Alpha and Omega. The first thing I'll, he introduces here that I am the first and the last. Amen. The first thing when the trumpet of God turned up, he turned and he said, I'm Alpha and Omega. I'm from A to Z. Amen. I'm all of it now. Then he listen to me along. All right. The first and the last. What thou seest, writing a book. That's this book we're reading. And send it unto the where address specifically what about? Back to the age no to the church. Amen. To the church. Notice what thou seest writing the book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, which was a type of the church. I will get into that in a few minutes, showing how the old testament types up in seven ages. Seven ages set, or seven churches set here in Asia, which the Bible plainly teaches, which was a shadow or type of the seven church ages that were coming. And by God's help, and with the Bible, can prove that every church age landed just exactly where it said it was, just exactly where the Bible said it was, and we're at the end of the last church age. I go back to the Old Testament, pick up Daniel's dream, and show you the vision of the Gentile kingdom, how he saw Amos standing with a head of gold, breast of silver, and thighs of brass, and feet and legs of iron and clay, and show how every one of those kingdoms has succeeded one another just exactly the way the Bible says. And look, the head of gold, Babylon, Medes and Persia, 
Greece and the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire broke up into ten kingdoms, Eastern and Western Rome, and so forth. And in that it was iron and clay, and they wouldn't mix together. Protestant and Catholicism under the same Gentile domination. And he said, at even to try to break one another's power, they would intermarry with one another. Just exactly what they're doing today. Exactly. And that kingdom in the days of those kings, the God of heaven cut a stone out of the mountain with our hands, that smote this image in the feet and broke all the Gentile kingdoms down, and the kingdom of Christ ruled and reigned Amen. and ruled and covered the earth. Amen. Gentile kingdoms painted away like trash, like a husk on a flashing for in the summertime. Amen. What a picture that we're living in. That's true. And today you see Catholic and Protestants marrying among one another, trying to break the powers down. We raise your children, have to promise and raise them this way that way. We'll get into it after a bit, in a few nights. Notice how it is and how the others are strong with the iron, dominated over the other. Broke it to pieces and shattered it away. But the land came and stood and the holy people and that came. How that Roman power went through every nation. There's not another power in the world. And only one way it can go through is through Catholicism, the Catholic Church, into all the world. Breaking out in there. It's a marvelous great picture here. Now, to you Protestants, just keep your shoes on, because, brother, you're right with it. Not to bring to God's Word, you're right into it, just as big as, as the rest of them. Now, watch. Now, the first and the last. What you see, write in the book. Now he said unto him, write this in the book and send it to the churches, which are in, in Asia, unto Ephesus and the stars and targets and so forth in Philadelphia and Laodicea. Now, we'll stop there just a moment or two, just see how much time i got, because I want to get to this last keynote here on Ephesus and pull it over to Laodicea and see if we're not tearing up in the same church. See if we're not living in this day. Oh, church of the living God, rise and shine. Look, you don't realize, I wish I had some kind of a shock that I could give you some way. I wish the Holy Spirit would come in His great power and move you to a place that you can't decide to let me look into this. When you see, nations are breaking, Israel awaking, the signs that the Bible foretold. Gentile days numbered with horrors encumbered, eternal dispersed to your own shrine. The day of redemption is near. Man's hearts are failing for fear. Be filled with God's Spirit, your lamp stand and clear. Look up! Your redemption is near. Shrine. Oh, what a day! Right and send it to the churches. Now, just as Israel come in in its beauty, Back in the beginning under Abraham, come on down to the patriarchs. And in the day of Ahab, it went into the dark ages. The darkest age that the church seen went out of there. And in that time, uh, that Ahab married Jezebel, brought idolatry into the Orthodox Church. The same thing that Protestantism married Romanism in the 1500 years of dark ages in the Persian Church and come out with idolatry under the form of Christianity. Going on out into the lukewarm age is coming on before us, and we're in it right now. Amen. 
we're in the lukewarm age. You don't believe it. I'm going to sit down on the, you people out in the other churches. You're in the lukewarm age and you're advancing across the earth, around the earth, preaching things like that. You're getting nowhere. You're hollering, you Baptists are hollering a million more than 44. What have you got when you got them? Just got a bunch of sinners coming with their names on the book. Why, God said it belongs to the Baptist church. Not only that, but the other Methodist, Camelites, and the whole group. Yeah. Just as formal and different. Billy Graham had that 30,000 converts he said in six weeks, and six weeks later he couldn't find 30. Why? Why? They never got nothing to start with. Just a bunch of sinners when he put the name on the book and it was spelled a revival. Amen. He said it came a very right one, quick to net the scene when he brought forth. He had everything. Yeah. He had turtles, he had crawfish, he had terrapins, he had spiders, he had water bugs, he had serpents. Right. But in there he had some fish also. Yeah. And when a man preaches a revival with the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit, but let his daughter in the people. That's right. Amen. But if he's a bug to begin with, he's a bug at the end of the revival. Yeah. If he's a water spider, the first thing you know, he'll go looking around and say, I was leaving this little stuff anyhow. I'll pop off back to the water. Amen. He's a snake and say, I told you about it, but where he'll go? He was a snake to begin with. He hates the water. And he'll Amen. never be nothing else until that nature's changed. A man can't join church or get all the emotional worked up or anything else and become a Christian. It's got to be a solid birth of the Spirit. Amen. dying out, crying Amen. out, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Remember, Amen. life can only come out of death. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. A grain of corn, if it abides, it abide alone. It'll never mean the world in that one grain of corn. Yes. Except the corn that we fall in the earth. It abides alone. But when it falls there, it rocks, contaminates, and out of that mix of corruption comes the germ of life that gives life and produces more. Except the church will be born again, die out to the dreams and theologies and so forth, and be born anew of the Spirit of God over your old, formal, ungodly, indifferent. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. That's right. Amen. That's old-fashioned, sass-brass preaching, but it'll save you, brother. Right. It'll keep you on the thorn Get rooting ground and get all the dirt scraped off for you, pour your concrete. Amen. That's right, the anchor rod's down good and tight. Oh, brother, what a day that we're living in. Hallelujah. Formal, indifferent, church age. Yes, sir, to the seven churches. That send this message. Now in that church age, they begin to come in. They waited into idolatry. They do the same thing now. They come in doing the same thing. And out of that come in formal Christianity. Begin to fading away until we're getting down to the last church age. Now, the modern church, which we call the denomination, we hold in this people now. We call them the moderns. And they go out there and they start their revival too. You say, they're not getting anywhere, but now wait just a minute. What do we got? Amen. Got nothing. No more than they got. Amen. That's exactly right. The wrong we fussing, do and care on among one another, we still walk as man. Until a man can get out the altar and get right with God, he can overlook little things and move on like a Christian ought to. Pop can't call Kittle back. Amen. Right. Don't hide them. Amen. Let's clean our own steps first. Yeah. Use the strangers. I'm 
give the church a little gospel spanking now. No, that's right. That's exactly what you need. Or you say, we got it. Get up there and beat a piano as hard as they can go and a bunch of drums and rattle down the floor and go out and fuss at your neighbor. Have you got anything? <laughs> no, sir. The only thing we got is the lukewarm. As long as the music's running, we're running. When the music stops, we stop. Brother, don't call the other fellow something. Let's look around your own door first. Amen. Amen. I tell you, we hear old fashioned revival like you used to have down the country when they lay on their face all night long. Not to carry on, but in real godly sorry, not to let the order to say, but go out and make it right with the neighbors that made it wrong with and get taken up. Oh, that's right. Scorching the brother, it'll help you. That's right. You've got to know that, my friend. Yes, sir, lukewarm. That's a horrible condition for the church to be in. We don't watch the grand tabernacles about in that same sway. Listen, you know these things have been taught year after year after year after year on this platform. Why do you of these things coming when the Bible says there'd be a time to go from the east and the west and north and south trying to find the true word of God and pay to find it? You better get anchored where you know where you're standing. Amen. A man is once born again, not emotionally worked up. Not some enthusiasm, not because his name on a church book, not to join the biggest church in the city, but when he's actually cried to and begged with tears in his eyes until God has given his hands, cleansed his soul of the life of sin, and filled him with the Holy Spirit with such love and godly. So he takes some old car tools back, he's stolen the neighbors, and goes makes up these things and lives godly before men. We have never had a revival in this country until we had that. Amen. Judgment begins at the house of God, by the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Not a textbook, but the Bible. Not what some church teaches their theology, but what God says. Then you'll have a revival where great powers and wonders and signs and miracles and everything else will take place. We're lukewarm. Because we're lukewarm in this age, God said, I'll spew you from my mouth. Amen. This church age will be rejected. There'll be a remnant out of it that'll be saved. So better mark yourself right good to find out you're in that remnant now. We'll get into it in a minute, if God willing. Just notice now. And I turned to see the voices take unto me. And being turned, look, I saw seven golden candlesticks, or lampstands, the Greek says. Now, that's the first translation because they didn't have the candles and they had the little lampstand. Now, the seven golden candlesticks, we call them. Now, in the holy place with the shewbread, and many of you clergymen understand, and that, you people here at the tabernacle being taught with a good teacher here, you, you know these things. The seven golden candlesticks, they were, had little lamps on top of them that burnt oil. Over in Zachariah, where he saw the bees, I believe it was, and he saw the wild olive tree and the tame olive tree. The Jew and the Gentile, way before the dispensation, the Gentile they had a golden center, and both of these golden centers run into this one candlestick here that furnished all for all the land. And he couldn't understand how these things look. The wild olive tree and the tame olive tree. And the tame olive tree, of course, is broke off the wild olive tree, drafted into it. And that oil to the lamp, all represents the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Always. We're getting that on the mark of the people Friday night. Notice, but this all represents Holy Spirit. That's why we anoint the sick with all. 
is because it represents the Holy Spirit. The Bible said in Revelation, the sixth chapter, when the plague went through, he said, a major wheat for a penny and two majors of barley for a penny, but don't hurt my wine and my oil. We can go take Revelation's own truth for a few weeks and get into that, who that wine and oil is. See, that to hurt not my wine and my oil. Won't you come near it? Amen. Now, notice these golden candlesticks. This oil poured into these candlesticks. Now, the oil was what was put in the lamps to burn. Now, Aaron was, it was his duty to light these lamps. And these lamps had to be lit. Hold it on now. Look. Keep reverend and listen. These lamps had to be lit by the fire that God had lit. Amen. Aaron's sons went into some strange fire and God flew to the door. That's right. Strange fire. The fire that God started. And what? Now the candlesticks run in the ark. Here was one candlestick, two, three, four. Well, five, six, seven. Like this. Now those golden candlesticks here, as he says in a few minutes, let's read a little for the maybe we'll get it. And listen to what he said now. All right. And his head, I believe I've got ahead of the twelfth verse there. Seven golden candlesticks, thirteen verse. And in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and a girdle about the path of the golden girdle. His head was as, his hair was as white as wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were flames of fire. Now let's stop there just a minute because we can't leave that picture there just like that. Look at these candlesticks down here now. So those candlesticks, as we'll find a little later, represent the seven church ages. They represent Ephesus, Pergus, all down to Philadelphia, and all over the Lady of Sin, seven church ages. And each one of these little candlesticks had a little cruise of oil sitting there. And this oil burnt on this candle. Now, when one candle was lit by the fire of God, they take taken that candle and lit the other one, then set it down and lit the other one, and one lit off the other, off the other, off the other, to the last candle. Notice. Same oil. Now, these seven church churches begin with Ephesus, Tyra, Argus, and on through, and the Holy Spirit, which is the oil of God, fell on the church at the beginning in Ephesus, the Ephesian church, which was the church of grace. You bad to sort of holler amen there. And then on the church of grace, which in Ephesus and the Ephesian letter sets us out who we was before the foundation of the world, it fell there and they received the Holy Spirit. But wait a minute, my Baptist brother. How did they receive it? How did they get it? By joining the church? Never. They got it by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You say, yes, Brother Brown, that's right. What happened to you when it fell on you? Notice, the same fire that burnt the oil there in Ephesus burned in Tyra. The same fire burnt there burnt in Pargus. Burned on down to, to the Lady of Sin Church. The same Holy Spirit Lit by the same God, by the same fire, and the fire that fell on Pentecost has lit the candle the church in every age. Right? Amen. Amen. But the fellow is, we bad this 
we miss it. We are way back up here trying to take some historical things, and here goes the church down here. Amen. That's right. Amen. That's where we're left behind. Every church when it started, there wasn't look at Luther in the first Reformation. What a revival. Luther. Look, I've got his textbook at home. How did that man shook under the power of God? How he believed in divine healing, accepted it himself. Believed in the power of God. Even so much that he spoke in tongues. Martin Luther. That's exactly right. Martin Luther spoke with tongues. And then the next day he'd come down John Wesley. John Wesley done the same thing. When he was preaching, he said, What are these words that I mutter unknown to myself? That's right. Speaking with tongues, breathing divine healing. And when he comes to America, the churches here treat him like they do the holy rollers today. They're cutting out in churches and they preach the gospel out there and fell under the power of God until they laid on the floor all night at a time. And John Wesley's own textbook that I got at home now, a way he's riding a horse one day to pray for a woman with a sick, and a horse fell and broke his leg, and he got off the horse and took the cruise to all and anointed the horse with oil and got on it and ran away. Same fire burning there. Amen. But you got it down to a ritualistic form of something, and the Holy Ghost is moving on. Amen. Right. Amen. And in the Methodist church, they got something wrong with them. The Bible, or their book says they got the jerk. And they were taught to walk in their church and jump and act like that. Amen. In their tent meetings, they the Methodists. Amen. Wow, brother, if John Wesley could rise on the scene, he'd be so ashamed of you, he'd deny you. Amen. Unless he give you a good gospel written with the gospel that he preached. Amen. I sit down all over the shrine. Where you turn them hounds loose that day when he's preaching the, the new birth and so forth and that in the high church of England turned them dogs and saw him and he said the sun will not fall on your head three times he called me to pray for him and he did and died. That's right. Sure. That's what we need today. We need that kind of method. We need another Baptist like John Smith who stayed in the room and agonized as God and prayed all night and kept away till his eyes were full so bad at morning his wife and lead him to the table to eat. Amen. Oh, what do we do today? Stand out over the corner with a cigarette in the mouth and deacon in the church and go down and act the picture shows and watch televisions all night and stay away from church. Most great damn on the horse racing and call herself Baptist. Oh, how they are! What we need today is a little old passion, God says, Holy Ghost Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't mean I'm trying to get you to get excited. I know you're not excited, but brother, that's the truth. I want to get the point to you. The truth is what we need. All right. Now, that's the Bible. That's what the Spirit says. See? The candlestick. All right. Now, the 13th verse. And in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, one like a son of man. What one like him? Who was this? His bride. One like him. Watch how it was. Cold with a garment down to his foot. The holiness of Jesus Christ coming. It washed us from our sins with his own blood. Or girded about the pack, not a man, a woman, with a golden girdle, the gospel that helped the power and glory of God over the body of Christ. Oh, what a beautiful picture we got here under consideration. Look at here. Down to the foot, and a girdle about the pack with a golden girdle. His head and his hair was white as wool, white as snow. Righteousness, holiness, white speaks of. His eyes like flames of fire. 
Looks right good. Don't try to hide something. He knows who you are, where you are, and what you've done. Yes, sir. He sees everything. Oh, God, we got this few minutes. Let's get to this other church age if we can. Notice, and his feet were like fine brass. Brass always is judgment. You know the brazing altar and the brass serpent and so forth? Brass speaks of judgment. His feet then the church of Jesus Christ is set upon divine judgment. Christ dying in our stead, the just one, paying our judgment up there before God and died there as a sinner on the cross and his soul ascended into hell and God not suffering his holy one to see corruption raised him up on the third day for our justification. Who sets at the right hand now a high priest to be touched with the feeling of our infirmities which shall return in like manner as he went into heaven to receive a glorious church that's made herself ready, blood washed and second born. What a, what a vision. Amen. All right. Like fine bread. Or now what? And his and and his feet was like fine bread, as if they had been burned in a furnace. That's all the dross taken out. And his voice, the voice of many waters. Watch this the church speaking to him now. Waters, Revelation seventeen, fifteen said waters means sickness and multitudes of people. Now his voice, or this being that was standing there looking like this, Christ in his church. As bride and Christ being one, like husband and wife is one, the church and Christ being molded together with one person, the same Holy Spirit and the things that Christ did, the church does also. Do you see it? That beautiful church there in holiness, in power, in majesty, with seeing visions, signs, wonders, everything just like he did here it is on earth, giving all praise to God, saying, I can do nothing except the Father shows me, but he shows me. And here it is, and we come see these things go taking place. Now, Christ molded into one, and the voice of many waters, many people, not just the one, it was the whole church, the seven churches molded together as one great ransom body of the Lord. The Methodist, the Baptist, the Presbyterian, all that's born again with the Holy Ghost, speaking with the power of God. That's the body. That's the body. And he had in his right, right, everything in the Bible has a meaning to it. See? In his right hand, seven stars. I is a king. And out of his mouth goes a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenances was like unto the sun shining in his strength. Now, out of his mouth goes a sharp two-edged sword. Out of the mouth of this thing there, Christ in the church is one. In his hand he held seven stars. You'll see in a few minutes, when we get to it, let the Bible speak what it was. It was a seven ministers, one minister to each age of these seven church ages. Come out, hold them in his right hand. Amen. There he is. There were seven angels, or seven messengers, one to each church. Get it? Amen. There he's standing there. Right. And out of his mouth goes a sharp two-edged sword. What is a sharp two-edged sword? Hebrews, the fourth chapter, said the word of God is sharper, more powerful than a two-edged sword. Amen. the bone and a discerner of the thoughts of the mind. All right. Amen. And when I saw him, I fell on my, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. <laughs> Amen. I am he that liveth and is dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and death. Amen. That's Jesus. Amen. Now watch. Write these things which thou see, and the things which uh, are, and these things which shall be hereafter. 
All right. And the mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand are and, and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars, are seven angels of the seven churches. You hold that. Seven angels are seven ministers yes. of the seven churches. There's a church of the leader of Ephesus. Now, if God would permit, and we continue on with this and not take the mark of these, I can show you every one of them right down to this last age, which, which it was. Show you the Philadelphia church, which was the Methodist, John Wesley. Show you the, the church pyrite of Mediatra Pergus, which was uh, 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 Martin Luther, and go right on down the age and show each one of them. They come and brought the message, established the message in the earth, and right down to the last message today. That's right. For God sent an angel from heaven, vindicated his servant, and set a message forth to everyone. This will not be a church. It will not be an organization in this last day because God has laid the organization on the shelf and all of you are aware of that. And wait till we get through tomorrow night on the march of the beast and see where your church is at. See, in your organization. Now watch the churches. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. They are the churches and the stars which is holding each star. Now look. Could we just stop a minute? I know I've got about 12 minutes to go here. I want to get to this chapter right here and read it to you if nothing else. I want to get this to you. A star was a minister, and a minister anointed with a spirit from above. Did you realize that you represent a star in heaven, and every star in heaven represents you? Amen. Did you know God told Abraham that his feet would be like the stars of the heaven? First they were the dust of the earth, and then in the resurrection they were the stars of heaven innumerable. Did you realize that? Did you know Jesus was the bright and morning star, the greatest star of all the stars of heaven? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. When I think of it, my soul leaps for joy. There he is. There in his likeness and his presence we shall be seated someday. Hallelujah. One of the kings of this earth has passed away. Listen, another scripture comes to me. Daniel said when he said, Clothes on his feet as angel come down with a rainbow over his head, put one foot on the land and one on the sea, and hold up his hands and swore by him that lives never and ever. When those seven voices uttered their the seven thunders uttered their voices, he said, Seal it, not known until the last days. He said, But the time of mystery of God should be finished, when these will be revealed to the church. And swore by him that lives forever and ever, that time should be no more. Listen what he said to the he said, Go thy way, Daniel, shut up the book. See? But I shall rest, and you shall stand the last days in your life. But many of those who turn many to righteousness shall outshine the stars forever and forever. Amen. There you are. Stars, those seven ministers. Seven ministers to seven church ages, which consists of 2,000 years. From the first 2,000 years, the Andalusia struck in the second 2,000 years. The first coming of Christ, the third 2,000 years, the sixth is the last second coming of Christ, and the millennium, and the end, the seventh day, rest unto the church all. Will you bear with me just a few minutes, Father? Yeah. I don't want to worry you out, yeah. I'll read right past now. Unto the angel, I want to keep addressing this directly now. We're going over to Purgus and get the last of it, and I'll mean to the lady of sin, and then we'll close. Tomorrow night we'll pick up from here on the mark of the beast. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, the first. I watch when Jesus is standing with his hands out. Here's a little thing I don't want to leave out to you. Here, watch it. He's standing in the midst, that's the middle, of the seven golden candlesticks. Now, if I was standing here and the candlesticks arched around, 
here on my one hand, is where that are, and there's no in the side of the cross, but through the cross that brought the church. Here he is standing in a rainbow over his head as a covenant. I've made my covenant with this church through Abraham, through his seed, all is called. My brother the other night receiving Christ. He said, Don't ever push me, Bill. Said when God speaks to me, I said, You can't come until he calls you. No man can come to me except my father calls. Somebody does something else, pulls you up, that's somebody else. So when God speaks, you'll come. See? That's right, saying there, no man can come except my father draws him. There he is, standing there to look upon his jasper and starter stone, the first and the last, Benjamin, Reuben, all the twelve patriarchs, and how the Bible. Every bit this dove tails that straight together like that. Everything perfect. Notice, as he's standing there to look upon now, watch what takes place. He said he was Alpha and Omega. He was the beginning and the ending. He which was and which is and shall come. He had in his right hand now the seven stars. Now, here he started off with Ephesus. And he begins to light the candlestick. He lit it there. Then the next age, we find out the next church age, it begins to dim out. The next church age dims a little more. Until the fourth church age, the 1500 years of dark ages, and around 500, 1500, along in there, it began to get so dark until it was way up and it almost went out. And notice each one of those church ages that you have not denied my name. You have not denied my name. You have not denied my name. But when he comes out on the other side of our gate, he says, Thou hast a name, that thou livest and are dead. She'd organize. She'd tuck up another false name. Watch tomorrow night what the Antichrist says. He's got a false baptism. Make me believe it's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He's got a false water baptism. Yes, which means the scriptural. He's got all that thing just enough to impersonate, to be cunning and slick. Watch where it comes out of. Right there, where it started. Right in there. Comes out on this other side over here. Then he said he had just a little light, Luther. Then along come Wesley. And how it wasn't his age, he began to brighten up. Then so between that age and the last age, he set an open door. He set an open door for those who would come in. Then he said she went off into lukewarm condition and he heard it from his mouth, tucked the remnant, resurrection come, and away he went to heaven. That's right. There he is standing in the seven golden candlesticks. Now, unto the church of Ephesus, write these things. Write these things which saith he that holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works. Remember, you're not forgotten. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and thou shalt not bear them which are evil. And we just put up with anything that's evil and call it religion. Oh, well, they go. We go to church as good as the rest of us. Go right home, stay home on Wednesday night, watch the television. The very pits of hell. Try it. Go right out and listen to the picture show to the drive. It's too hot to go to show it even uh, to the church and even the preacher closes up through the midst of the summer. He says it's too hot to go to church. It's not be too bad to go to hell, brother. You'll go someday with hot hand. You better listen. How can you? Brother, you couldn't make a dog eat a dead horse if you had to. He couldn't do it. His nature's different. A dog ain't got no dog. He can't digest it. And a man that's born again of the Spirit of God cannot eat those things that he's tolerated out of his mind. Amen. He can't. You know, birds of a feather flock together. And today the world and the church is so much alike you. They talk alike, they drink alike, they smoke alike, they cuss alike, they 
dress alike, they act alike, and they, you can't tell one from the other. And yet you're supposed to be sealed by the Holy Spirit. That's all for strong, brother. But I tell you, it'll give you life. Amen. There's a fellow one time went up to a bunch of preachers where they had a seminary called the School of Prophets. And one said, put on the big pot now, we're going to have some dinner. Said Elijah come up, a man's really got a double potion. So one of the fellows went out to pick some, some peas, and he got a lap full of green doors and put them in the pot and began to boil it up. Why, well, he started eating, he said there's death in the pot. <laughs> That's just about like some of these seminaries you cook up to. Said there's death in the pot. Elijah said, wait a minute, we take care of that. He goes and gets a handful of meal and throws it in for that same thing. Amen. Meal or meal offering. Jesus Christ the same yesterday and forever. Bird ground the same for the meal offering. And it made the difference. Take stand them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say that they are preachers or apostles. And they are not, and hast found them to be liars. That's what he said. I was saying. I'm just quoting him. But you know what God requires? God requires the baptism of the Holy Spirit or your law. And a man who up here has a couple of DDDs and LDs and PhDs and bachelor's degree and everything else behind that, and sometimes know more about God than uh, nothing. That's true. Brother, that don't mean anything, but a whole world say, well, our minister is a doctor of divinity. Oh, mercy. That don't have any more to do with God than and take a drink of water. Not as much. Oh, yeah. That's right. God don't care how many PhDs or DDs and... And you know what the Bible calls, now this is not a joke, because I don't believe in telling, but the Bible calls D.B. dead dogs. That's exactly what the Bible said it was, dead dogs. All right, because it can't bark. So that's, all right. And has bore and has patience, and for my name's sake, oh, I want to grind that in, because you're going to get that in a few nights, God willing, has labored and has not fainted. You stay right with it. All right. Notice. Nevertheless, I have some things against thee. Ah, here's where I have to leave off now for a little bit. I get this out here so we catch tomorrow night. I have a few things against thee because thou hast left thy first love. What's the matter with the tabernacle? A man ought to be able to say when you meet a man, is your Christian experience as wonderful as the dearest thing? You ought to be able to say right now. Well, my best experience was back when I first got to that with the Holy Spirit. When I come, that's that whole brother, you've fallen from grace. That's right. Look, as left our first love, showing that they had something in the beginning and has left it. Not he that beginneth, but he that endures to the end, the saints shall be saved. Amen. Not he always saith, Lord, Lord, but the one that doeth the will of my Father. Oh, let me just let that soak just a few minutes. I'm talking fast tonight anyhow. So let's let that soak just a few minutes. Too. He that doeth the will of my Father. Amen. He that endureth to the end. He that endureth to somebody says, I believe you, that guy's no hypocrite. But if you think that about me, I'll leave church. I won't have no more to do with it. All right, there you are. Show what you're made out of. Well, if it was a wheat to begin with, it'll be a wheat at the end. You just never stayed long enough down here. You never make the thing right. That's right. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. Go back and remember when you used to have the experience where you wouldn't talk about nobody. Anything went wrong in the church, you didn't sit on your neighbor's steps over there and talk about the church and talk about everybody else. Finally, used to go join another church. No, you stayed right there, patiently, and prayed it out. God brought it on to you. 
Remember from which I have fallen and repent. You know what repent means, don't you? And do thy first work. Go back and get your first experience. Do the things you did in the beginning. Go up the altar and make it right with God, in other words. That's right. Do thy first work, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Mm-hmm. You don't you'll have a broke up church and gone to pieces. That's our repent. But this thou oh now here we come. Hold tight, listen close, keep your ecclesiastical vest on now and take your umbrella down. Listen. For but this thou hast that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. You hate the deeds of a Nicolaitan. Now what? What was deeds in Ephesus in the next church age was the doctrine. We'll go pick that up tomorrow night. The Nicolaitans. And he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. It's to him that overcometh, I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Now, the next, the next verse starts in this Samaritan church. Now, Nicolaitans. That's where we're going to start with tomorrow night, taking out of Revelation 13. The Nicolaitan priesthood high, began right there in Ephesus. And that's where that church age failed in 300 years of its existence. Before it went out of existence, the Nicolaitans began to start up a doctrine, a priesthood of brethren. And then the first they come from Nicholas, which is one of the, the uh, of one of the, and he, in Acts the sixth chapter, I believe, in the fifth verse, where he went and chose out the uh, deacons. And they took this one which was uh, a Nicholas there and started from there and called it the Nicolaitan and began to organize the priesthood and from there it become a deed what they were doing, saying these things on confessions and so forth, and then become a doctrine over here and went into Babylon and ended up down here the last time with all Christianity wrapped around it. Just a little remnant to be saved out of it. Watch and see what it is tomorrow night, that God being willing. Oh, my dear brother. My dear sister, to him that's able to keep you from falling, to him that's able to hold your heart in grace, may he shed his blessings upon you. May you never forget that we're living in the last days of the last church age, where it's predicted to be a lukewarm church age, just half-hearted about it, and stop being half-hearted. Really come to Christ with all your heart. I ain't telling you what church to join. That don't happen. God will never ask you that in the judgment. Amen. No, sir, he don't care what church you go. He wants you. It's an individual. And Amen. you must be born again and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit or you're gone. Amen. You're just playing church. You're just impersonating until you actually have an experience of being born again. And thou and him that stood there, and the seven golden candlesticks through the seven church ages, and the same Holy Spirit that lit the church there, and lights it over here. Now we've been impersonators in that church, and this, the Nicolaitans there, and all down to every church age impersonators. So get down here, so it's just got the one great big conglomeration of organizations. And God takes the whole thing out and takes the ring of the people to glory. May the hard bless you. This is kind of rough, man, but it's good. It'll help you and keep you from falling. 
Now, don't go around and say, Brother Bram sold off all my church. It wasn't meant for any church. It was only meant to you as an individual. I don't, if you belong to a Baptist church, then you'd be a real Holy Ghost-filled Baptist. If you belong to a Methodist church, be a real Holy Ghost-filled Methodist. And you'll not be an indebtedment. You'll be a credit to any church or any neighborhood Amen. for the glory of God. Amen. May the Lord bless you now while we stand. Amen. Dear Master of Life, after reading your word, we stand in awe, realizing that someday this reading tonight will be, we'll hear on the tape recording as it was at the Day of Judgment. What are we going to do about it? Seeing that we're living in this last age, darkness everywhere. What a time. See the coming of the Lord, signs appearing. Great tidal waves rolling. Man's heart failing, fear, perplexed the time, distress between the nations. Many say, oh, I've heard that for years. But did not the Scripture say they'd say that? There's no difference in time from when our fathers fell asleep. Not knowing that we're right on the threshold. You may come before morning. And Father, what day or what hour do we know that this little brittle threads of life we're walking on will break from the music? Hey. Our poor souls will hang out in the balance on the Word of God. And our attitude to what we have heard and read, it behooves us, Lord, to stop now and check ourselves. While men and women, boys and girls, standing here in this little audience tonight, pain and sound, may they think deeply just now. And if they have not yet been born again, may they purpose in their heart right now, I'll never eat or drink until you fill me with the same manna that you fill them with at the day of Pentecost. Until the world becomes dead. And everything secondarily but thee, my Lord. And the love for everything else will fade. But take all the love of the world from me. And let me from this day be holy thine. Grant it, Lord. Be with the people as they go to their homes. Remember the needy. Oh, God, the poor in our land. The poor in spirit. Those that are hungering. God raised up ministers everywhere, fill them with the Holy Spirit, and send them forth preaching, Lord, like firebrands. We don't know what hour. We only pass this way once. We're only mortal once. And thanks be to God for that. But the next life will not preach the gospel. In the next life it is to come, but we will rejoice in the gospel with them of the ages who've accepted it. With the head captain, our Lord Jesus, who's all worthy and all praise be to him forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Turn and shake hands with each other. While we sing, Blessed be the power of the divine.
Exactly. We'll begin the service. God bless.